So we're going to go to Matthew 11th chapter and the 28th verse. If you have a red letter edition Bible, it would be the words of Jesus are in red letters. So this is the words of Jesus speaking, and he simply says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? And I will give you what? And I will give you what? We need this because we're troubled on every side. So then he continues to say in the 29th verse, Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn of me. In the outset of this message, I'm going to say right here and pause for a moment and tell you that you will never have rest until you know who you lay your head upon. Then he says, learn of me. Until you know who Jesus is, you will never have rest. And he goes on and says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I want to talk to you for a little while on this subject. Lay your head on the rock. Doesn't sound too comfortable, does it? Lay your head on the rock. So in the last portion of that scripture where it says, and you shall find rest unto your souls, I need you to get this in your head throughout this message is that the word souls means intellect, mind. So allow me for a few moments to preach, lay your head on the rock. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, for your word. While the music lends itself to us emotionally and we feel it in our flesh and our being, it cannot save us. But music is absolutely important to us, Lord, because we know that it fulfills the need and the desire for us to receive something through our emotions. But we know also, Lord, that your word digs down deep inside of us to where we live. And it's not just what we feel through the music, but through your word, it's what we know to be right. Thus, we believe, God, that this is the revelation, the totality of your revelation, how you came in flesh and you also robed yourself in that body, but you were spirit and you was flesh. God and man. So when we have music, fulfills the need of our man's side, our humanity side. But at the same time, we need something more than just that. We need your word to work on the inside of us, which is the spirit. In your precious name we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sleep. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Got to be honest with you, there's been a few Sundays I just didn't want to get up and drag myself to church. And all of you, if you're honest with yourself, would also agree with that. It's hard. I'm sure it's different throughout the week. You're ready to get up and go to work because you love it so much. 
But when it comes to church, you're hoping that you can take the day off, but instead, you get up, you come to church because there's no such thing as a day off with Christ. And sleep. Sleep is a naturally reoccurring state of mind, and it's a naturally reoccurring state of mind and body characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, blocking of nearly all our voluntary muscles and reduced interactions, interactions with our surroundings. So in essence, sleep is giving up your conscience. Sleep is also giving up your voluntary movement. Sleep is giving up your interactions with all of your surroundings. So today, I want to talk about this. Jacob, who was the son of Isaac and also the grandson of Abraham, was fleeing from his twin brother Esau, who had vowed to kill Jacob. Esau was furious with Jacob because Jacob had stolen Esau's birthright just over a bowl of soup. So he steals the birthright. Jacob takes what Esau was by law given. And so now Esau is after Jacob. He takes his birthright, which is the Jewish claim to inheritance and blessing. So while Jacob is running from his brother, on his way to his relative's house in Haran, Jacob lay down for the night near Luz. And as he fell asleep, he used a rock as a pillow to lay his head upon it. And there he began to dream. He had a dream and a vision of a ladder, a stairway between heaven and earth. God's angels were on it, ascending and descending. Jacob saw God standing above the ladder, and God there was repeating his promise of support that he had made to Abraham and Isaac, who was his father and his grandfather. He told Jacob, who was the son and the grandson of Abraham and Isaac, that through him all families of the earth would be blessed. Then God said in Genesis 28, 15, he said, And behold, he said to Jacob, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again unto this land. For I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. He was making it very clear that while Jacob laid his head down on his pillow and he had yielded his consciousness to God, God began to speak with him and said, I will be with you. I will keep you. And I'm going to restore your land. And I'm not going to leave you until the promise is complete. This word only came after Jacob was asleep. And it only came when his head was on a rock. So let me break this down for a moment today. And the first one I want to talk about is giving up your conscience. 
Jesus says in Matthew 11 chapter in the 29th verse, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said in our text that I am meek and lowly at heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. So let's look at this for a moment and realize that the soul is the intellect or state of mind. Jacob, I can't give you your promise until you go to sleep on your own thinking. That's why I need you to lay your head down on the rock, the rock of salvation, the chief cornerstone. I need you to lay your head down on the rock and learn of me. Learn of me. To which now he is really implicating that we got to get rid of our way of thinking and start learning more about Jesus Christ so that we can have this mind that's in you that's also in Christ Jesus. The problem with our world today and many churches as well and people's thinking that come through the doors is they want to create this preconceived idea of what they believe church should be and what God should be. But that's the greatest mistake that you can make. Is that when you come to the house of God that this is about the people because it's not and this is about the preacher because it's not and think it's because it's about the music but it is not. Somewhere we got to change. We got to yield our conscious understanding of what we believe to be right and what we believe to be wrong and say, God, I need to give my mind to you. Come on. What I am talking about will change the way you worship. Your commitment will change. Your marriages will change. Amen. You'll raise your kids differently. The importance of coming to the house of God will change when you understand that I've got to yield my thinking to Jesus Christ. But the only way we can do that is to lay our head down on the rock so that we can then be changed in the likeness of Christ. Our thinking must change. We come to a lot of apostolic churches and we, we create what is called protocol. This is what we do. Protocol. This is, this is how we do it. I've had people come to my church and ask me, do you have this and do you have that? And I'm like, you know what? What you ought to be asking is not do we have this or not do we have that. You ought to be asking if we have Christ in the church. If he's welcome in his own house. If Jesus is present. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is not. And just because he, they put Pentecostal over their door, because they put Presbyterian over their door, because they put Baptist over their door, that don't mean anything. I want Jesus to know that he is welcome in his own house. That when he shows up. It is the answer to every question that you could possibly have. Amen. Because he is the one that must be in our midst. And if we're going to have a move of God, we got to say, Lord, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that, Lord? What do you think about divorce? And what do you think about drugs? And Lord, what do you think about anxiety? And Lord, what do you... Ah, I'm talking to somebody right now that needs to understand that the Lord wants to speak to us. But we'll never hear the word of Lord until we're willing to give up our consciousness. How do I feel about it? How do I think about it? No. Uh-huh. Jacob, I, I can't give you your promise 
in the direction of your promise until you go to sleep on your own thinking. You've got to put your head on the rock. Lay your head on the rock. Give up your consciousness, your voluntary consciousness, what you control. I'm going to talk about it. Somebody across the church hurt your feelings. Get over it. But I think, no, that's not even interesting. That don't even compute. I don't even want to hear that. But you don't know how they hurt me. You need to get over it. Jesus said, I will suffer. That I suffered just like you. In all points, just like you. But I didn't lose my focus on the cross. I thank God when they spit in his face, put crowns on his head, degraded him. He didn't quit just because somebody offended him. But he went to the cross and said, I'm willing. No man taketh my life, but I'll lay it down. Why? Because it's not my will, but thy will be done. I even prayed in the garden. Lord, if you can, take this cup from me. But instead he said, not my will. I'll go through this. Amen. We got to get the chip off our shoulders and say, Lord, my thinking's got to change. Amen. They and what they say or don't say is not going to determine whether you go to heaven or hell. But what you think in your mind and what you receive in your mind will determine. Your thinking will determine whether or not you're going to give your thoughts to God. Hell's going to be full of people that carried that little chip on their shoulder to their grave. You need to give up your consciousness. Lay your head down on the rock. And when you are not the one making all the decisions, I preached a message and it came from my son that, that addicted to isolation. You know why people are addicted to isolation? Is because they don't have to listen to anybody else but themselves. But when you have your head on the rock, <laughs> well, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's not any devil in hell going to talk you out of your living for God. Yeah. Let go. Let God renew your mind. Let God take care of your thinking. I got in my notes right here. Go to sleep on yourself. Go to sleep on yourself. Now, I'm not talking literally. Don't go home and say, wow, pastor, really? Made me tired and then fall asleep behind the wheel. You need to just go to sleep on yourself. Because it's yourself that's getting you in trouble. In 1 John 2.16, it breaks it down for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. He said, when you go to sleep, then your head is on the rock. 
and the things of the world and the things of your flesh no longer are the what is what thinks for you or makes decisions for you. That's why I already quoted the scripture in 1 Corinthians 2.16, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Oh, I have a whole lot I want to say, but I'm trying to manage that. Because I'm really wanting to beat the devil up today. <laughs> Any preacher knows that hey, you're just, you get up here and you're like, oh, you, you, you know what? We'd have to turn the live stream off if I went with what I <laughs> So I'm going to stick to my notes. The Bible says even in Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Carnal mind. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, because it is thinking for itself. So people say, I don't think the Bible is true. Well, you're thinking for yourself. I don't think I will ever overcome, but you're still thinking for yourself. I think my marriage is destroyed. Well, you're still thinking for yourself. I think uh, I'll just continue to do drugs because it don't matter and you're still thinking for yourself I don't think it's wrong for me to have uh, alternative lifestyles I don't think those little kids that have gender confusion is going to affect my children I don't think it's important uh, to have I don't think it's wrong rather to have multiple partners in a marriage you need to go to sleep on yourself. Some of you have, uh, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't just outright lie, but you leave pertinent information out to give people the wrong impression. You can go to sleep on yourself. <laughs> so in Romans 1.20 it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their what? In their what? knowledge God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. He says, he said, these people, these people don't want to have the mind of Christ. They want to continue with their own thinking. So he gave them up to their own thinking. Put your head on the rock. The second thing I want to talk about is when you're asleep, uh, you're giving up your voluntary movement. The Bible says in Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We move. Everybody say, we move. According to the body of Christ, when we rest in him. So when we are with Christ, we don't just think it, we live it. Our movement will replicate Christ in us. The Bible even says, let no evil be spoken of you. What does that mean? Not that you just think Christ. Not that you just know the word. Not just because you have revelation of who Jesus Christ is. But do you live it? If you're going to say you're a Christian, can people see that you're a Christian? Speaking what you think is different than speaking what you live. 
Oh, come on, help your pastor here today. Amen. Somewhere you got to get to the place where the world says something is different about them. I don't know what it is, but I know that they're not like everybody else. And I'll tell you, that is an open door for a great testimony to tell someone, I've been blood body in Jesus' name. Received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody help me now. Where it opens the door when people see that you're not just like them. If you blend with them, they'll never know. If you talk like them, they'll never know. Amen. But when you say, I think it, and I also am going to live it in my movement. Amen. Praise God. He says, oh. And as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, being filled with all unrighteousness. We've been using this scripture a lot lately because of what's going on in our world. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despite, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. What's happened? I'll tell you, that is truly a depiction of what is happening in our world right now. Do you believe me? Amen. It's happening. And yet, it is a state of mind that digresses into evil actions. If you don't have it in your mind, and it's not settled in your mind, it will digress into your actions. Amen. I don't care what anybody says. If you got it right in your head, you'll get it right in your living. And when you have it right in your living, you will then be able to show not only the devil but the world that Jesus has changed your life. Some of you were addicted to drugs. Some of you were also abusers. Some of you have also been involved in being dealers. And some of you have been gang in our cartel. But God came to you and said, now it's time to change. To show the world that you're not the same person that you used to be. That God delivered you and set you free. Because every time they look at you, they see something. Not just what you think, but they see something in your movement. You got to relinquish that to Christ. giving up your interactions with your surroundings. The world is not my home. The world is not my home. I'm just passing through. I don't want to have anything to do with the ideology and the philosophy of the world. I want to make sure that when I move, I don't move that looks like the world. When I move, I don't want them to see the sin and the debauchery. When I move, I don't want them to see a backslidden person that doesn't love God. But I want them to see that I'm not part of the, of the society of this world. But I'm not a hater. I'm not despiteful. I don't want to be proud. I don't want to be a boaster. I don't want to be an inventor of evil things. Amen. Or disobedient. I want God. I want God to have his way in how I move. Titus says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared, hath appeared to all men. He's saying it appears, it appears, but it's not possessed. It appears, but not possessed. It's, it's something that 
we associate ourselves with. But it's not really possessed. We, we can associate ourselves with, with our protocol and yet still never possess what God is in our lives. We can come to church and lift our hands. We can sing our songs. We can come to the altar. It appears, it appears, it appears, but yet not possessed. It appears because we, we do everything everybody else does. We, we dress like them. We talk like them. We act like them. But it's not possessed. You do all, maybe sometimes, the right things for the wrong reasons. But yet, it appears as though you're okay. But if you're honest with yourself, amen, not everything is okay. There's not a person in this house here today that doesn't need a word that will change your future. There's not a person here that is, can say in the presence of an almighty God that everything is okay. Because that is absolutely impossible. It's not okay. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He's saying here is the answer to possessing those things. Not just the appearance, but he says denying ungodliness. Denying worldly lust. We should live how? Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He said, let the world see that you're not like the world. I want to be tied not to the world, but to Jesus Christ. I want to lay my head on the rock so that my thinking changes and my movement and life changes. An umbilical cord is what feeds the baby from the mama. That's what we need. An umbilical cord that is not feeding us from the world, but is feeding us from Christ. Feeding us. Deny. Y'all okay? So three things that I want you to understand is that giving up your interactions with your surroundings is not just thinking it, not just giving your movement to it, but saying, I'm not going to be part of it. I'm going to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. In conclusion today, this is in John 1, 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver, and an antichrist. A person. Look to yourselves that ye lose not things which we have wrought, but that we receive full reward. Look to yourselves. 
See, Jacob woke up and had to ask himself, what did I receive in that dream that will help me to pursue my promise? I think that little poor guy knows what's getting ready to happen. Jacob woke up. He realized, okay, now it's time for us to put in action that I have received by thinking and voluntary movement, putting my head on the rock and thinking like Christ would have me to think, how Christ would have me to move. Now I've got to give up all of the things that are surrounding me that have negative influence on my life and start looking for things that have positive influence. I don't want it just to appear, but I want to possess. All of that in a dream has to now come into reality when you wake up out of that place with Christ, that moment where you even come to a service like this and and you've heard a word, and with that word, it says, okay, now it's time to put in action everything that you have received from the Lord. So Jacob, when he woke up, he, he believed that God was present in that place that he was. How many of you today would agree that we all come together and through that, that we're in a place where Jesus Christ was present and is present? So when Jacob woke, he believed that God was present in the place. So he took the stone. He took the stone he had been using to rest his head. And he poured oil on it. And he said, this stone, this revelation, this understanding, this place that I've dreamed my dream, I'm going to consecrate it to the Lord. So that's where... When Jacob was awake, he vowed a vow unto God. My thinking, my movement, all outside influences have been cut off in my sleep. But now when I wake up, what am I going to do with that? After having a service like this, what, what am I going to do with that? He says, consecrate it. Vow a vow. Pour oil on it. So in Genesis 28, 20 through 22, and I don't know if they've got this scripture. The ESV version of this says, if God will be with me, he said, and, and I will keep, be with me and will keep me in his way that I go. And will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, and this stone, and this stone, and this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be to God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So God, I'm not going to forget what happened here today. 
I'm not going to walk away from this and just count it as another service or another experience or enjoying all of the things that we do but I want to take what I've heard today out of this place and put it into my life so he's making it very clear when I come again to my father's house there's going to be peace Lord you're going to have to give me peace because my brother's after me he's trying to kill me because I took his birthright and I need peace I need peace I need peace the only way I'm going to receive that peace is to take the rock, pour oil on it, and consecrate it unto the Lord as we stand. So what I'm proposing to you today, I'm not going to just speak to those that are visitors or those that are new converts or maybe you have had no experience with Christ at all. I'm speaking to the whole church. Lay your head on the rock today. Some of you have broken homes, broken marriages. Some of you have kids that are backslidden. Some of you have been experiencing anxiety and depression, and some of you also prescription drugs as well as illegal drugs. There are some of you also here today that has not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of God through the evidence of speaking with other tongues. So many variations of needs that are in this place today. I'm telling you that the Lord is present and He's ready to touch your need if you lay your head upon the rock. Amen. So as they begin to sing, I want to give you an invitation. We're going to have our ministers come around and be praying with you. But I'll give you the invitation to step out from where you are, come down to the front, and there's going to be quite a few come down here, so we're going to have you to move as far forward as you possibly can. But when you come down to the front, you're saying, here I am, Lord. Three things I want to do when I get up out of this sleep, per se, and walk out the door today. Number one, I want to change my thinking. Number two, I want to relinquish my movement. Number three, I don't want to allow anything outside of what I am experiencing right now to have an effect on my life. So that when I wake up, I can consecrate the rock by my obedience and anoint it through my obedience. So as they begin to sing, step out, step out, step out, step out. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Lord is speaking to you. He is a faithful Father calling me out of the dark. And I cannot whisper away what He said in Foundation, my anchor. 